Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, Anakin's neighbor. Oh, well, this is exciting news. Now, when you say Anakin's neighbor, mm-hmm. you're talking about Anakin Baldwin? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Baldwin Brothers. <laughs> the Baldwin brother who, I don't know, maybe went right wing? Yeah, who knows? (laughs) No, I'm talking about... Okay, I'll back up a little bit. I'll give you a little context for this nickname. I was looking at my my Google News feed today. Okay. And, you know, this thing is generated via algorithm, so it it knows what you like. Yeah, it's got the algo. It's got the algo. It gives you those, those sweet stories that your pupils dilate just enough when you see them. All the latest stuff about junk in the trunk, in your case. Well, <laughs> that's what happens when I hit my Instagram search. Okay, but <laughs> okay got it. This is, okay, so there's, there's two categories of stories that I'm always clicking on when they appear in that Google News feed. First one, local interest. Okay. As you know, I'm a proud member of the Pasadena, Altadena, La Cunada, Flint Ridge part of LA. Yeah. And I always want to know what's going on in the neighborhood. We're talking Christmas tree lightings, farmer's markets, officer-involved shootings. That'd be your big three. I want to know about all of it. So if there's a local story, I'm clicking on it just so I know what's going down in the Pasadena, Altadena, La Cunada, Flint Ridge neighborhood. Rocket launches in the case of La Cunada, Flint Ridge. <laughs> yeah. Home of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Has the Large Hadron Collider opened up any kind of portals I should be (laughs) concerned about? Wow, in Old Town Pasadena, right by the J. Crew. Yeah, yeah. There's a cool portal to a hell dimension there now. (laughs) But, you know, you can stop in Old Spaghetti Factory first. Is that what that is? It's a cheesecake factory. Used to be a coffee bean. Right. It's okay. Local interests. You got me. Also, I want all the news you have regarding the Star Wars prequels. So like okay. when Pete Davidson was dating Dexter Jetster, my app was blowing up. Absolutely. The latest Pete Davidson conquest, Dexter Jetster. Sure. When Kim K dumped that one guy to date Jar Jar. <laughs> These are the stories I crave when I'm dicking around on the Google News feed. So I was thrilled today to get a story that combines both of my key interests. Wow. Local story and Star Wars prequel. I learned that Hayden Christensen, that's right, Anakin Skywalker himself, has purchased a home in Altadena. I got this information via a website called dirt.com that does like (laughs) celebrity Uh real estate news. Have you, have you ever seen this website? I haven't seen this, but I'm always excited to hear about celebrity real estate. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of, you know, takes you through the home, its history, you know, gives some facts about the celeb and, and apparently they try and, they try and insert some cute puns into their headlines. Oh, this is exciting. I mean, I'm, as you know, Jordan, I'm a medium Star Wars guy, so I'm excited about anything Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, so you'll you'll love this. This is how they announced uh, Hayden Christensen's purchase of a new home in Altadena. 
Star Wars actor forces his way into rustic chic Altadena retreat. <laughs> now, well, Jordan, the Star Wars money has run out for Hayden. <laughs> All he has left is that battering ram <laughs> that he took home from the big battering ram scene. Listen, Hayden, he he made his big comeback in the Obi-Wan series. I think he's probably doing okay, but yes, this and I know what the force is, okay? Before you get into my mentions. Right. Okay, I know that the force is the, you know, energy that binds us all together and you can control it if your midi-chlorian count is high enough. I know that's what they're getting at here. These people in our audience, Jordan, I just say this. For anyone who's new to the program, mm-hmm. you're probably one of the biggest experts on the TV show The Mandalorian there is. That's true. Yeah. I love them all from... <laughs> Grief Karga to whoever it is that <laughs> Werner Herzog played. Yeah. That's cool when Werner Herzog was on there. Mainly Grief Karga, though. So, yes, yeah. it does sound like Hayden Christensen, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker, is just breaking into homes. <laughs> Perhaps because he's angry at the people who live there. Maybe because they're either younglings or piles of sand, who Anakin Skywalker famously hates. <laughs> But I also like the idea that maybe a like story about a break-in would complement the home. He forced his way into a rustic chic Altadena retreat with the cutest little breakfast nook. Do you think he made it all the way to the nook before he was gunned down? <laughs> no, I hope not. Oh, I didn't read the whole article. You want? I should put it in the chat. It's a lovely home. I mean, I think what's most exciting to me about this is that this is a real celebrities are just like us situation. Right. Because the community of Altadena, California, which as you know, I am a big fan of, I really like Altadena, California, beautiful little town. Oh, that every town could have a mysterious storefront that just says party masters in the window, (laughs) but it is a, a solidly middle-class community. I mean, this is La Cañada Flint Ridge is where you're going to go. Typically, typically, if you have Obi-Wan money. Right. Okay. If the Obi-Wan money is coming in, you're going to move into La Cañada Flint Ridge, California, right there over there by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Altadena is not that. Although, I have to say, I'm looking at the pictures This thing is pretty rustic chic. It is rustic chic. It is rustic chic as shit. Oh, my. You could really slaughter some younglings in this place, if you know what I mean. (laughs) The fucking. Did you see that the dining room table is a ping pong table? Oh, no, I didn't. That's cool. (laughs) I want to I want to correct this. What the table is a standard table. Mm -hmm. It's a pine table to match the rustic chic aesthetic. However. There is a display of ping pong paddles and a clamp on ping pong net on this standard dining table. This is great. This is, seems like less a retreat and more kind of a man cave. It's like Darth Vader had it on Mustafar. You know how I love man caves, Jordan. I do. Can I ask you another question about this house? And I realize we're doing visual humor on this audio program. But it has a hot tub that I would describe as rustic chic. Uh-huh. 
But this hot tub has like a five foot long big rig exhaust pipe sticking out of it. Oh, yeah. That's for people who really take their tubbing seriously. What is that called when when dickheads in lifted trucks blow giant clouds of black smoke? It's called like pushing diesel or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sounds about right. That's what this hot tub is doing. It's yoking clouds or whatever the phrase is. Do you think that he bought it specifically because it had an ATAT in the study area? Oh, our uh, our guest in the chat is directing us, and he's being very polite not to talk before he's been introduced, but apparently it's called Rolling Coal. Rolling, Rolling Coal. Coal. Thank Rolling you. Coal. Well, let's introduce our guest here on the program. He's the host of the podcast, Factually. He's also a beloved television host, creating hilarious innovations in the world of nonfiction television. And, you know, Jordan, as a lot of us have gotten older, we've ended up yelling things on the bus. Well, our guest Adam Conover has taken to yelling things about the bus because he's a public transit advocate. Mm -hmm. Hi, Adam. How are you? Hi there. How's it going? I freestyled that introduction. That was beautiful. It's so so lovely to be taken off mute. You know, I didn't, I I never want to breach the sacred boundary of speaking on a podcast before you're introduced. I did record my entire end of the conversation. There's about so far it's 200 megabytes of of me saying nothing. But now I'm now I'm speaking. So our audience will be able to hear you shaking your head ruefully that you've agreed to be on this program. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. God, I blew off. Wait, wait, don't tell me for this. <laughs> Oh, it would be a delight. God damn it. You say I could be on Tom Snyder right now. <laughs> Adam, you knew the uh, you knew the term rolling coal. Yeah. Off the dome. You big lifted truck guy. Coal has been rolled on me. It's happened to me before. Oh, my gosh. I have been the recipient of some rolled coal. Was this because they knew about your TikToks, your pro bus TikToks? No, this, was, this was like 10 years ago. Me and a bunch of other comics were on the road going to we were doing comedy at an EDM festival in Northern California. Whoa, we were. <laughs> That's where you want to do it. <laughs> it was terrible. It was the, one of the worst gigs I've ever done. And, also, and and so many things were horrible about this gig. One of them was that our campsite ran out of Molly. And I was like, <laughs> I'll go to the CDM festival. Maybe I'll try Molly. I've never tried it before. Yeah. Could be fun. Yeah, right. when in Rome, I don't know. Sure. MD, sure, when in Rome, right? At a nice music festival. Worst music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> at our campsite, it's like, okay, now it's time for us to all do Molly. And then the Molly guy at the campsite was like, open the envelope. And he was like, there's not enough. And we were like, oh, and we all like sort of just like took little dabs and nothing happened. And I was just like, oh, I felt like a, I felt like I was in a Sesame Street picture book about something bad that happens to Grover at school. Like it was really a disappointment. <laughs> oh, and then there wasn't enough MDA and everyone was disappointed. So anyway, we drove to this EDM. Fe- you know, it's probably really fun to touch when you're on Molly. What? Grover. Oh my God. That, that would be incredible. Fingering Grover when you're on Molly. <laughs> If he's into it. That fur is pretty matted at this point. It's been, you know, <laughs> there have been guys shoving their hands up there since the 70s. You know, it's, it's I mean, been, it's matted from all that Vicks Vapo rub. Yeah, famous, <laughs> famous EDM fan Grover. Was Grover the pitch man for Vicks Vapo rub? I think what Jesse was getting at, and Jesse, we've been friends a long time, so I can explain your jokes. 
Thank you. I think what Jesse was You're getting You're the only at, one who can, technically. <laughs> yes. If you're confused by one of Jesse's jokes, write to me at Jesse's Jokes, P.O. Box, <laughs> 3577, Altadena, California. Don't forget the quotation marks around jokes. <laughs> Care of Anakin Skywalker. So I think what Jesse was getting at is when you're, when you're rolling, and you maybe would you know, would have known this if there would have been enough Molly for you. But when oh, you're rolling, this is a Molly joke. Okay. Yeah. I think there's some things that feel really good. So, and one of those things is like enjoying the um, kind of menthol scents mm. and sensations that come with Vicks VapoRub. So, a lot of those types, you know, Got Molly it. ecstasy enthusiasts will bring Vicks VapoRub to one of these things to enjoy the sensation when they're rolling after they've dropped i see so here's what happened to me i heard jesse's joke and i said well clearly the reason this is a joke is that grover must have been the celebrity pitch man for vick's vaporub commercials back in the 80s and i literally was able to picture these ads of grover going you know if you've got a cold or whatever i don't know rub it on you and i was like why would grover be the pitch man no it's good grover he's rubbing it on his fur it's gonna get all sticky i went on a whole journey where i believed that was true for 30 seconds until you corrected me, Jordan. Obviously, it was Prairie Dawn mm. who did that. I think that's another. <laughs> can't help you here, Jesse. I think that's another Muppet, right? That's a different yeah, Muppet. That's the lady. Yeah. Different Muppet. That's a different Muppet. That's the lady from the Muppet. Wait, okay. So you're you're at an EDM festival. You're doing stand-up comedy, which I imagine fucked up EDM fans really want to hear. Well, we were doing it in the chill-out tent. So, <laughs> you know, people who, people who had gotten a little too frazzled. They had done a little bit too much Molly and they were coming down. Right. And they just need a quiet place to be. They came and they sat so politely and listened. They were so appreciative. Oh, that's nice. But they did not laugh. They just did like little finger twinklies in the air. Sometimes they would snap, you know? They were just like, uh, they were just wow. like trying to recuperate. They were like drinking Gatorade, eating you know. some bananas. <laughs> yeah. Adam, is it possible that you weren't in the chill out tent? You were in the beat poetry tent? It, that's, it was a vibe. I mean, they were trying to have a little bit. Here's the interesting thing about these festivals. Even though it was an EDM festival and it was really for 22-year-old investment bankers to, like, kill themselves, like, for a weekend. Just for <laughs> them to to completely shut their brains off. Do you know the line at the beginning of the fucking Hunter S. Thompson movie where he's like, a man becomes a beast? Like, that's that line came to my head when I was there. Um, but it, But despite that, there was still this, like undercurrent of hippie California music festival that just like existed there because of the heritage of music festivals in this area. So there were fucking Dr. Bronner's for sale and shit. Like there was, there was some real nice hippie stuff going on. And there was like, I don't know, free Tibet signs and stuff like that as well. Pete Seeger walked by playing the banjo. You know, it was, I'm exaggerating. Weirdly, the headliner was Mumia Abu-Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> With special guest Ralph Nader puppet. <laughs> <laughs> there was all that shit. And so they had a chill out tent and it was really, it was really wholesome and nice. And then the other rest of the festival was people on Molly, like shitting in a beautiful river. Um, There was a river and everyone was just shitting and pissing in it all the time. It was horrible. It was a horrible event. So anyway, we drove to this. uh, Now I'm going to get to rolling coal. Okay. So we're driving. I was was about to ask, but you're on, you're on it. You're on it. Yeah. So me and the other comics, I drove a Prius. However, I did not drive on the freeway and I still don't. Now I don't drive at all. And so the other comics were driving my car. I was like, you guys drive, but you could drive my car. That's the deal that we'll make. 
and we were driving through Northern California and a guy in a big pickup truck pulls in front of our Prius and does the thing. I guess he pushes a button in his cockpit and black smoke comes out of the back of it and goes like, and like covers our car. And we all start hacking and coughing like very wacky races. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Did this guy have a dog that was laughing at you? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, I learned about this on Fox news. You know, I was like, what was the name of the dog? Smarky or something. (laughs) That's when you shot a green shell at him. Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Muttley. Thank you. Yes. Muttley. Yeah, they went they went QAnon recently. It's pretty sad. They're pretty deep down the hole. So your theory, although I don't I don't know if this was made explicit at all, but is is your theory that you were profiled by this coal roller? He's like, check out the snowflakes in the Prius. I'm gonna give him a toot. Yes, this- and to be clear, correctly profiled. Yes, th- this is explicitly like a game <laughs> that guys in big trucks would do in the you know mid 2010s. Well, was seven years ago. They would drive in front of you in a big truck and exhaust gas or smoke all over your Prius. And they would do it to Priuses. I mean, uh, I, I don't really understand why still to this day. I do not understand why the mean man targeted me for bullying. But surely I am but a nice motorist. We could all get behind fuel efficiency, right? <laughs> a regenerative braking system. Why doesn't every car have such a device? I have to say, Adam... As morally abhorrent as this practice is, and certainly no one should pick on Adam Conover, much less the other comics who are performing at the EDM festival. (laughs) And certainly there's incredible value in a regenerative braking system, Mm -hmm. a system that fills the batteries using the frictions that's, that's generated from braking. I have to say it's pretty tough for me to stand against any personal vehicle having any superpower. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, yeah, it's pretty badass. I mean, the guy's got a, he's got a little smoke screen. It's like Spy Hunter for the NES. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except stinky. That's probably what he was thinking of at the time. Yeah. He was probably thinking, this is going to be like, this is going to be like Spy Hunter for the NES or the arcade <laughs> game. Maybe he's probably a little bit older. He probably played the original Midway game in the local Chuck E. Cheese. But yeah, I mean, it was it, uh, cool, I guess, man, but that's rolling coal. Have you gotten to try Molly since then? No, I, no, I have not. I've not done Molly. Now I know a little bit too much about it, you know. Listen, if he, if it ever happens, get yourself some Vicks VapoRub. Yeah. Get yourself a Muppet. Get a Grover. Yeah. And get a Grover and you have the fucking night of your life. Yeah. Get your hand all up in there. Oh, my Can God. I recommend something to you, Adam? Yeah. Whether or not you try Molly, get yourself some Vicks VapoRub because that menthol sensation is stimulating under any circumstances. People love Vicks VapoRub. It's a cure-all in many cultures. You know, it's, it's good stuff. You feel cared for when you put some Vicks VapoRub on. Did you hear this cultural controversy? You know when sometimes on social media, like a cultural practice that is foreign to people who don't practice it, will like explode. Like there was a lot of talk about whether people actually mix Coca-Cola and milk a few years ago, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is possible. I think it would curdle the milk, but does sound great to me. But leaving that aside, Adam, did you hear about the thing where many people eat Vicks VapoRub? I've never heard of this. I believe it. Like 
by the spoonful? Do they spread it on toast? How do, I, <laughs> how do they eat it? Yeah, they use it in New Zealand. In Australia, it's Marmite. Right. And then in New Zealand, it's Vicks VapoRub. <laughs> no, they use it as a, in the same context that you would use it to, you know, clear your nose when you have a cold or cool your fever or whatever. They eat it by the, yeah, with a spoon or, I, honestly, I imagined it. It makes more sense for it to be with a spoon, but I imagined it being eaten manually, directly. I imagined that the spoon would be one's hand. Where? Do, what types of people are doing this? I mean, innovative, mm-hmm. right. bold, <laughs> thrilling, disruptive. People who love sensations. I believe this. <laughs> I believe this because, again, for many people, have it's a bit of modern folk medicine that a lot of people use VapoRub as like a cure-all for, for whatever ails you. People will say this about their mothers. My mother always said, give me some vape. My mother didn't do this, but I've heard other people say this, right? And I think it's not a big leap to say some people are going to say, just, just eat a little spoonful. Adam, this is my question to you. You're in, you live an evidence-based lifestyle. I do. But is there any weird bullshit that you do? Oh, of, of any kind? I mean, I'm talking about things that don't work that you believe work. Yeah. Um, God, I know that there are some, and now I'm trying to remember what they are. I, I, I'll hit you with one that I do. Yeah. I will not deposit a check at the ATM. I have to go up and give it to the guy because I feel that wow. the guy at the bank is more reliable or I should say person. I shouldn't gender bank mm-hmm. employees. I have to give it to the bank person because I do not trust that machine with my check that I earned. I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah. I mail my checks. Whoa. I haven't been to the bank in years. And that's only if I exceed the maximum deposit for the web, the app, mobile deposit. Mm -hmm. And then I take a photo of the check. Adam, to whom do you mail them? I mail them to the bank. Not George Soros. I would have assumed George (laughs) Soros. Uh, So I bank at a small credit union here in Los Angeles Mm. where there's only two branches in the whole city. And so when you mail something to them, a real life human being opens the envelope. And this is what is so great about this credit union. They will sometimes if I need something, I'll just put a little note in the envelope. I'll say, Hey, could you, could you mail me some more deposit slips? Like a, like a handwritten note. And then they just mail me some more deposit slips to my house. What other services do they provide? Well, there's a bank, Jesse. So they do. Okay. So they take de- so nothing sensual. They take deposits. They do, uh, you know, they have certificate. They have CDs. If you, uh, you know, the, the interest rates on those are going up. If you're looking for mm. a short-term place to park your cash, they do have uh, mortgages and auto loans. This is, it's a, it's called Actors Federal Credit Union. So they also provide some actor specific services such as Coogan accounts, which are a special form of account for child actors which I happen to know about because I've read the entire website of the credit union because I'm a fucking nerd about it. So if you'd like any more information about that, I'm happy to share. But it might be a little bit off topic for your comedy podcast. Adam, who's Coogan? Coogan, I believe, okay, uh, I'm doing this from memory. I'm calling your Coogan bluff I'm doing here, this from Adam. memory, Jesse, okay? He's like, uh, let's get off the topic because... Uh, no, I, I, will, I will rise to the challenge of just yeah. delivering information straight off the dome. I believe his name was Jimmy Coogan. He was a child actor. I'm going to say, let's say the 30s or 40s, maybe. I, he might be silent film. Very famous early child actor. His parents took all of his money and spent it 
and he was a famous case of being like a, you know, he was the, he was a big movie star who, who was broke as an adult because his parents had taken all the money for themselves. And so there is, I believe a law was passed that if you are the parent of a child actor, you must deposit some portion of their, you know, the, 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 the proceeds into a special Coogan account, which is a special account that, you know, allows, you know, you can open as a parent, but it's in the name of the child and probably has some other protections. I'm going to guess it's a California state law because it seems pretty specific to the entertainment industry. Not every bank offers it. And so Actors Federal Credit Union, one of the things they offer is a, is Coogan accounts. Now, Jordan, I can tell you're looking this all up on Wikipedia. How close did I get? I'm cross-referencing. I'm cross. And do you want to, do you want to know how much of that you got right? Uh, Yeah, I do. Okay. So I Googled Jimmy Coogan autocorrects to James Coonan. James Michael Coonan, nicknamed Jimmy C, is an Irish-American mobster and racketeer from Manhattan. This is the Who wrong. from? Pretty far off. Approximately 1977 to 1988, served as the boss of the Westies gang, an Irish mob group based in Hell's Kitchen. This Adam, is a, this is a different your person. money is going to mobsters. <laughs> you're putting your residual checks from bojack horseman into an envelope and you're mailing them off to the fucking mob oh my god let me ask you this jordan does it say whether james coonan is that his name james coonan it is does it say whether james coonan is a traditional bank or a community credit union uh, it says here that he takes all your money and puts it under a mattress <laughs> oh wow <laughs> That's what Wells Fargo does. Right. Yeah. Some of it is uh, inside a uh, freezer of a pork store. Let me ask you this, Adam. Do you think these Coogan accounts are something we should look into for our producer, Daniel? I mean, if you control his finances, yes, I think so. Uh, (laughs) I I looked it up because I cannot bear to have told a lie on a recorded podcast. The kid's actual name was Jackie Coogan. That was the name of the child actor. And uh, yes, he was uh, he was an actor in the 20s. Hmm. And everything else I said was true. Oh, look at him. I'm looking at him here on Google Image. Cute little top hat. Look at that. Look at that stinker. I can't believe someone would take his money. He was in a Charlie Chaplin film. How come none of today's child stars wear top hats? Because they don't have they don't have respect, Jesse. Just like these schmucks who get on airplanes wearing sweatpants. Yeah. In my day, men wore suits on planes and children mm-hmm. wore top hats whenever they were in the presence of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Every single one. I swear to God, this is true. Every single one of Shirley Temple's movies, white tie. No black tie, no tuxedos, none of that bullshit, casual smoking jacket nonsense. Shirley Temple, white tie, Mm -hmm. every movie like she was going to the opera in Vienna. All of her movies were set at the opera in Vienna as well. People don't know that. Beautiful. Do you guys want to launder our top hats and then come back for a little bit more? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Jordan, we're headed to the great city of San Francisco. I don't know if you've, you're familiar at all with this city. I'd never heard of it until we booked this show. But we're going to be at San Francisco Sketchfest, and it is going to be pretty fucking cool. Yes, February 5th, the Gateway Theater, 8 p.m. It's going to be a cavalcade of celebrity guests, but the ones we can tell you about right now... 
Kevin McDonald and Mary Roach. Kevin McDonald, of course, from the Kids in the Hall and Mary Roach from all the greatest books. Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. You're thinking of John Cleese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mary Roach, pretty funny walk, though. <laughs> she does have a pretty silly walk. Yeah. And we're look, this is not the end of our cavalcade of stars. So get your tickets now before you before you miss out. Yeah. SFSketchfest.com. Definitely our favorite comedy festival. We love that they're back and uh, we're excited to do the show. 8 p.m. Gateway Theater. And if you're going to be in San Francisco for Sketchfest, not only is there a Judge John Hodgman show on Saturday night of that very same weekend, but it will be live streaming to the world. So go to SFSketchfest.com. If you're going to be at Sketchfest that weekend, make sure to come out to both of those shows and no matter where you live, we're going to be live streaming that Judge John Hodgman show. So get your tickets to that. And Jordan, I'm excited about this Archie comic to which you have contributed. Yes, this is. As you know, Jordan, mm-hmm. I'm crazy about all things Archie and mm-hmm. all things creepy. <laughs> so this is basically the only comic book you need to read this year, Jesse. It's from the Archie Horror line. This is a really, really cool line of comics that I am a huge fan of that takes the Archie characters and puts them into fucked up horror scenarios. They're a blast. They do them at least once a month these days. And this March, the Archie Horror comic is going to be Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors, three spooky tales set in the famous Archie Diner. I wrote one of them, and it is being drawn by the great Liana Congas, who is a terrific comics artist that you should check out if you don't know their work already. Now, Jordan, I'm sorry to interject here. I want to pre-order this, but I don't know how. Jesse, here's all you got to do. You got to call your local comic bookery. Do you you have one? Do Do you have a comic book concern that you like to patronize? Sure. I got, I got, we got a few. We got a few here in, in the Pasadena area, the greater Pasadena area. Here's what you do. You call them up or you go in and you tell them you want to pre-order using this handy code. Get your pens ready, listeners. J-A-N-231-229. J-A-N-231-229. Or just ask them for Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors coming out this March 22nd from Archie Comics. Yeah, those pre-orders really, really help. Of course, if you want to just pop in and grab one, your comic shop will probably carry it, but those pre-orders really, uh, really help juice a book. So if it's something... We'll put that... Hey, Daniel, put the code in the show notes. Put the code code, in the the show notes. The code's going in the show notes. People shouldn't have to... Just put the code in the show notes. Put the show notes... (laughs) Daniel, just put the code in the show notes. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Lumi Labs. You've probably heard of microdosing. It's a smaller dose, Jordan. Well, the Lumi Lab folks mm-hmm. have got the game on lock. That's right. If you want to try some THC, but you're worried about the dose being too intense, and that can happen with edibles, microdose gummies are where you want to go. They've got an entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. I love nomming on these things before bed. Uh, You want to watch a little tube before you go to sleep, take a microdose gummy, relax, get all the gunk from the day out of your brain. And the flavors are really tasty too. I really, really like the taste. Doesn't taste all gross and dirt-like like the weed brownies your friend's cousin used to make. <laughs> microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO 
to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links are in the show description alongside Jordan's comic book pre-order code. But again, that's microdose.com slash JJGo. And Jordan, look hmm. at this. We've got something up on the Jumbotron this week. Our favorite feature that I don't think we get to do often enough. We love these Jumbotrons. Here's where we share a message from a listener to our audience. This particular listener's name is Elisha Brookover. Elisha Brookover, and this is their call to action. Read a book that has been challenged or banned in the last year. Book bans and challenges are on the rise. Read a recently challenged book, not Fahrenheit 451, for yourself. Find a list at your local indie bookstore or at pen.org and join the fight to read freely. Well, that's nice. Just sharing a cool message about how to positively impact culture. You know, Jordan, my wife's book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, which is a picture book about gender and gender identity, is possibly the chillest, most positive and pleasant book any human being could ever write for children. <laughs> and it's been on a number of ban lists from school libraries. So if there's a kid in your life. Well, hey, that's great. <laughs> that's that a, sweet? We're giving our listeners the perfect place to start this challenge. Yeah, so check out Teresa Thorne's It Feels Good to Be Yourself, the extensively banned and occasionally written up in insane ways in right-wing periodicals, but actually a very sweet, pleasant, and gentle book that doesn't do anything weird at all. I think this is great. If anybody else wants to get up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's uh, affordable. You can share a message with the world or just share a message with one special person who you know listens to Jordan Jesse go. Um, you, I guess. Right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, you're that person. <laughs> do you think any of our listeners know other people who listen to our show? <laughs> listen, if you just need us to remind you to pick up fabric softener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to the show on Thursday and you know you're going to Target after work... And you need us to remind you to pick up fabric softener. The Jumbotron is a great way to do that. I think most, honestly think most of our listeners were recommended Jordan Jesse Go by someone who came up to him on the street, said, check out the podcast Jordan Jesse Go, and then just fucking booked it. Just off like a shot. Right. Never to re-enter their life. One person flash mobs. Okay. It's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, I'm Adam Conover, uh, the um, the ghost of Tinseltown. Yeah, that's a great nickname. Doesn't make any sense, just Thank like you. we like it. If you listen very carefully at Musso and Frank's round closing time, you'll hear him rattling his chains. Ooh, my parents stole my money. <laughs> and gave it to the Irish mob. Here's the truth about the super wealthy. <laughs> Did you know, Jordan, that Adam is best friends with President Barack Obama? I didn't know that. Adam, tell me more. Did you guys go to college together? Did you worry we were on like a kickball team? We we made a TV show and we got very close. You know, long nights on set, 
just kicking around ideas. You know, you stay up for 48 hours. You, you know, we came up with a prank to play on transpo department. We were banned from set for that, but you know, it was worth it for the bonding. Yeah. When you say TV show, you're just talking about your college humor shorts. <laughs> you and Barack Obama no, worked on the college humor shorts. Yeah, the Netflix thing was not until much later. He wasn't actively right. involved, but he was one of the founders of college humor. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, he was one of the he was one of the founders of college humor. He came up with Jake and Amir. Remember Jake and Amir? That was <laughs> oh, his that's idea. Great. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why they're called Obamacare. Yes, that's that's you know, there's like showbiz legends, you know, Conan wrote the monorail episode of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama <laughs> invented Jake and Amir. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you guys, this is magic. And just, you know, pointed a camera at him and uh, let him rip. Start pranking, boys, he said. I mean, he knew what worked and didn't work based on his experience with Break.com. He founded Break.com <laughs> as well. Yeah, he's also the founder of Break.com. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We should clarify what the what the bit is. You did work on a Netflix show with Barack Obama. Correct. Called The G Word. Yes. Uh, the G Word with Adam Conover. That's actually the official title. My name is officially in the title. It's not The G Word with Barack Obama. Okay, Barack. All right. Was that a fight that you had to win? That guy's always uh, leading from the front, trying to yeah. take credit. That's him, you know. Did you get to call him Barry? No, I didn't. You know, it's a little hack calling him Barry. I feel like that's what everybody does to be overly familiar. You know, that wasn't what I was in the mood for. No, he's uh, you know, he's. He, do you want you you want a real story about him, or you want you want bits? Let's stories? get a real story you about want him. A real story? Yeah, yeah. You know what? We have someone who's met Barack Obama. Let's have a real story, <laughs> and not just a confusing bit about him. Yes. I mean, Jordan, how many minutes would you say we have spent over the years on this program? On the one time I tried to high five Bill Clinton, he half high fived me and then put his fingers over the top of my hand. I mean, to shake my hand. Yeah, we've. We've stretched that out into a prestige miniseries <laughs> length, of, <laughs> length of time. Yes, we can have a real story about a guy who's actually worked with the president. What's what's your Obama dote? Well, so the funny thing about it, he is the, the interesting thing to me about Barack Obama is that he lives his life as though he is still president. <laughs> For instance, you know, he was not he was not like. The way the the show came about is that his company optioned the Michael Lewis book, The Fifth Risk, and they wanted to make a comedy show about it. And they were like, we don't know what to do. And I pitched on it what I would do. I was like, I'll do I'll do what I would do. And they said, great, we'll buy it. And then I made the show. Right. And we eventually decided it would be good for the show to have Barack Obama on the show because then maybe more people would watch it. (laughs) And it's there's some stuff that I wanted to ask him about the, you know, about the content of the show, which is all about the federal government. And I had some burning questions that, like, I've always wanted to ask him. I was like, great, we'll do that on television. Great. But, you know, he's not particularly involved in the content of the show. But occasionally, you know, we would need to send, you know, a one sheet for an episode premise or whatever because he needs to read it. Plus, he would occasionally fax in jokes like Johnny Carson to David Letterman. (laughs) Every day. And it was just when you would heard the machine start going, you're like, fuck, here comes another one. Yeah, some more mother-in-law stuff from Obama. (laughs) And let me tell you something, they were all about Viagra. Oh, Oh, yeah. Pages of Viagra jokes. Oh, my God, the purple pill gags keep coming in. I know. It was like he was stuck in, you know, 1998 and he just couldn't get himself out of there. To be fair to Barack Obama, though, 
His dick is rock hard all the time. <laughs> oh my you should god! See a doctor. Incredibly tumescent, and that's why you'll notice you never see him standing up. Uh, you never see a full right. body shot of him standing up. He's always behind something. He's always sitting down. Same thing with Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, but what I was going to say is, whenever we had to send something to him, it was we we have to get it to him by 2 p.m. on Friday because it's going in his weekend binder. Like, this wow. is a guy who gets a binder every weekend to read all of it. Like, people elsewhere in his organization put stuff in his binder for him to read. That's what the president right. does. That's literally how the president works. So he still lives his life that way, you know? They're like, before you email him, you have to type out all the lyrics to Hail to the Chief? <laughs> <laughs> it was... You know all the lyrics, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do a coffee song salute every time you see him i think the lyrics to hail to the chief really prove that rock and roll can be poetry right beautiful <laughs> the best example of this is we go and by the way here's the thing you don't need to live your life as though you're president mm -hmm. you could just be george bush isn't living his life this way right so we go to shoot with barack obama one of our scenes that we shot with the show for him and it was so scripted he, he so he has this whole floor of an anonymous office building in dc like, you know, I don't, even, I don't even remember the name of the building. It's not the president building. It's just whatever building. <laughs> and we go to the lobby and like his handlers are like, OK, so here's here's what we're going to here's what how it's going to go. Um, we're going to wait down here until 435. And at that point, we're going to get into the elevator. When we get into the elevator, we're going to go up to the whatever floor. When we get to the floor, don't say anything. When we exit the floor, um, the crew is going to go into that room where we are previously staged. Okay, Adam, you are going to wait in this room. Five minutes later, you will go to the hallway and the president will come down the hallway. You will shake his hand and you will say hello. Then you will go on to set and you will begin shooting. You have 31 minutes to shoot. It was like, it was like that. And there was like a big emphasis placed on us not saying anything. Like, unless we are in the, you know, we're actually in the room and shooting, we cannot be making noise on the floor because there's like other stuff happening. And his staff knows like what room of the floor he's going to be in at any particular moment. And so what ended up happening is we shoot, we have a great shoot. He's funny and charming. You know, he's great on set. I'm like giving him notes and shit and he's taking them. I'm like, oh my God, this is going great. <laughs> but then the shoot ends and he was going to leave, but oh, he actually changed his mind. He's going to stay on the floor. And so now he is going back into his office or somewhere else on the floor and they're once again being, you have to be so quiet. You have to be quiet, like blah, blah, blah. And what is happening is one of our PAs who's like unloading stuff, like went down the hallway and accidentally encountered him in the hallway when he wasn't supposed to and yelled out loud, oh shit, and like ran away. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story about our PA Evans, who's a wonderful guy, but it was like so intense, right. you know, to, that, that like you only, you'd not deviate from the script of like where he's going to be and where you need to be at any particular moment. And I was a little bit like, that's a choice. You know, it's a choice sure. to live that way. You Again, George Bush is just like, yeah, I'm painting over here. You know, whatever. He's like, doesn't, he, I'm in the tub. Sure. <laughs> like he doesn't give a shit. That's, that's my, that's my Obama anecdote. Beautiful. I 100% presumed that the PA was like tiptoeing around, trying to be as quiet as the aides had asked him to be. And he tried to open the door to the bathroom, but he opened the wrong door and it was a closet. And then just like the 20,000 things fell out of it with that closet sound effect, things falling out of closet sound effect. Like it's swim, swim fins and shit. That's what you get shit. for hiring Mr. Bean as a PA. <laughs> <laughs> that and a lot of lectures about cancel culture. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not far off. Yeah, it was, um, 
Yeah, 20,000 cassette copies of Dreams from My Father. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) You know, Adam, here on Jordan, Jesse Go, just like you pitch shows to the president, we also have a lot of our own creative ideas that we've been pitching to Jimmy Carter. And there are new ideas for segments on this show that we've thought of ourselves. It's not just people calling in with something they wanted to leave on a voicemail to us and then giving it a name like it was a segment on our show. That's what we're doing. It's stuff that we thought of it's and not. then pitched to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter bought all of it. Not true. Wow. For a million dollars. Wrong. A million dollars? A million dollars. He took it he's straight out it of the general fund over there at Habitat for Humanity because he thought it was that good. Not true. Wow. He said, this is that good. So let's take one of these calls that uh, we thought of the segment. Jesse and oh, um, Janie had a Tompkins, maybe. Close. This is uh, Jess from Chicago calling in with an update on your regular segment. I don't get that bumper sticker. Um, I am on my way to work, and there is a woman in front of me who has a old looking bumper sticker that has a beaver. It's like a tan color, a little cartoon beaver in the corner, and it says, Don't honk at me. I'm having a crisis, and I don't know what to do with that or what it means. Um, that's it. Love you guys. Love you too. I mean, beavers are just dealing with shit, you know? Yeah, maybe this is like someone who's involved in like the, the lumber industry or the logging industry, <laughs> and there's some sort of labor crisis yeah. happening amongst lumberjacks. I don't know. There's a beaver, mm-hmm. and yeah. it says... Don't honk at me. I'm having a crisis. Yeah. It could be talking to uh, a different animal that honks, like a goose. Yeah, that's true. So the goose is honking at him because it's only goddamn noise. I mean, it's you're really telling a goose to shut up if you ask it not to honk at you because it can't do anything else. Right. It's their one noise. Yeah. Oh, I found the bumper sticker. Okay. Any other context that we maybe didn't get Wait. in the call? It's not the it's not the right bumper sticker. This is a raccoon. Okay, it's not a beaver. Fair enough. Well, that that, that makes sense. That this I one get. makes sense. That I because get. raccoons have little hands, right? They got little thumbs and everything to to eat your garbage. That's right. Their their constant crisis is needing to needing to wash their food. <laughs> this fucking raccoon is in tears. Yeah, it's <laughs> crying next to flowers. And by the way, there's a photo of this on a Winnebago. Or it might be a VW minibus. And this is, th- here's what I'm thinking. This is a bumper sticker from the 70s and nothing made sense in the 70s. Yeah. You know, like their senses of humor were like, it's like trying to follow comedy from Finland or something. When you try to understand comedy from the city, you're just like, that's a joke. Sure. What does that mean? Dave's not you know? here, man. <laughs> yeah. You guys what, just what repeated you- that to each other over and over. Yeah. I, and Adam, I think I know what you mean. And yeah, this definitely has like, keep on trucking you know vibes to it correct but is it possible that this is underground comics oh maybe maybe yeah maybe r crumb drew this raccoon no his ass isn't big enough (laughs) there's a there's an artist signature on the bumper sticker it says k raz i'm gonna look up k raz southwest retro graphic tees no there's uh yes so there's a there's a little detail here that i that i just want to point out on the etsy page here and obviously they're just trying they're you know attempting to get visibility with you know buzzwords in their search results but 
what it's it's described as having a crisis bumper sticker, women's gift accessories, Gen Z stickers pack set, mental health printed decals. Can I read a review of this crisis raccoon who's in tears? He's also he or she or them is also doing this that thing where you have one hand to your forehead and you're like turning away and putting the other hand up in the air like don't don't you dare don't you dare it could be mistaken for dabbing it's a sad dab <laughs> it's a sad <laughs> dab yes yeah <laughs> don't look at me don't look at me that's the that's the gesture yeah. i'm gonna be really high soon here's your top suggested reviews out of 5,388 reviews on this picture of a raccoon and two yellow flowers and the raccoon can't handle shit. Here's your reviews. This is my second time purchasing this sticker because I didn't have time to get it off my old car. And I'm super happy with it for the second time. That's the first one. That's from Allie. And then helpful. this one I'm going to click helpful uh, is from Abby it says so cute. I've been wanting this sticker forever. I finally went for it and got it. It looks so cute on my car and it suits my personality. Well, uh, oh, then it says not sure why the photo appears sideways. I'm bad with technology. <laughs> See, this is this is a sticker for kooks. <laughs> right? I'm bad with technology. Bah! This this lady is, you know, already an aunt. This is this is who this is for. Right. This is for people who you don't need to understand what Aunt Abby is saying. All right, she means well, and we say ha ha. She goes, "Isn't this cute?" This is like a you know, this is a bumper sticker for people who post Facebook minion memes that they don't understand. Here's one, Adam from Mallory. Okay, uh, this is five stars. It looks great on my car with the other number stickers. The other, the other number stickers. I'm sorry, the other number stickers. I think she yes. has a number of other stickers, but doesn't want to reveal exactly how many. I think that's- thousands of people have positively reviewed this sticker. That means God knows how many purchased. Because what what percentage of purchasers are maniac enough to leave reviews? This is one of the most popular bumper stickers in America. Yeah. Here's one from Maya hilarious sticker i've had my car for 14 years decided it's finally time to get silly i'm never selling it that's great no that's good get silly <laughs> i don't know if i would <laughs> that's good when you when you let you let go and let god and you say time to put the stickers on right you know what i mean jade says probably the cutest bumper sticker i have on my car heart all right okay adam what are the top five most adorable bumper stickers you have on your car Oh, my God. Rory says, very sturdy. I love it. <laughs> very sturdy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. I mean, we're, listen, we're we're razzing this thing, but as Adam pointed out, thousands and thousands of people have reviewed this sticker. This has brought so much happiness. K-Raz is retiring off this thing. I currently went to, I went to page 284 of the reviews. Uh-huh. And they're in chronological order. And that review is from January 17th, 2021. Not two years ago. Gee and we have whiz. 284 pages of reviews for this sticker, which is flying off the shelves. This is absolutely a smash hit bumper sticker. We just cannot make hide nor hair of it. Yeah, this is the new ass, gas, or grass nobody rides for free. Egraham 2016 says, 
my therapist will not be happy I bought this. <laughs> Abraham oh, is man. in therapy for bumper sticker addiction. <laughs> my therapist warned me about confusing bumper stickers. Now, I want to point out that there's a section in the reviews here on this popular craft product website that we're looking at. It's called Photos from Reviews. And the top photo from reviews is the Don't Honk at Me, I'm Having a Crisis Bumper Sticker. And then next to it, someone is just holding a, a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, they're showing you the size, if you're worried about the size of the sticker. Because we all know how big a Gatorade bottle is. Yeah, this is as big That's as a million. Gatorade bottle. Not a bottle of Gatorade you'd buy at the store. No, no, no. A reusable sports Gatorade <laughs> bottle that you might use if you're mixing your own Gatorade at home. I don't, uh, I don't know exactly why I think this, but I think these are all on Volkswagen Jettas. Yeah. Yeah. I think 100%. that's about right. <laughs> Volkswagen Jettas for sure. I mean, the other the other two. So someone has a photo of all the bumpers of all the bumper stickers they have on their car next to this bumper sticker. So this person also has a Hello Kitty. Of course, they have Snoopy for president, of course. And the last one says, and I haven't actually read this yet. I'm reading it ready. reading it right now to you for the first time. Sorry, I missed church. I've been practicing witchcraft and becoming a lesbian. So if these bumper stickers appeal to you, this is the bumper sticker that you might want to add to your collection. I mean, that one, I, that one's fun. That is fun. fun. I get that. You want to, you want to cheese off your overly religious parents who made your life hell growing up. Now, what about this one? There's one here that has three baby bears, one in a little blue jumper one in a little pink jumper and one in a little white jumper. And they're each holding a flower. And then it says, can I borrow your personality? <laughs> what does that mean? Are the bears saying it to each other? No, they're all, they're just going for a little run. And they want some of your personality. I don't follow. Melissa says, I've been seeing a car with this stick for a few weeks. And I was like, I have to have it. <laughs> I mean, that does read. Have to have it. She needs to borrow that personality. Guys, we have something very exciting in the hopper. More exciting than a confusing bear bumper sticker. Adam, for you, we've been doing a feature on this show that has become, I think, alternately beloved and annoying. It is... People putting lyrics to the Looney Tunes song that plays when they're in a factory. Now, you know mm -hmm. Hail to the Chief, so I'm sure this is one yeah. you know, too. This song is called Powerhouse. It is called Powerhouse. Yes, exactly. And our fans have been putting lyrics to it. And at some point, for some reason, let's say comedy, we said that they needed to make it about the cast of SCTV. Has that made the segment more fun? Who knows? Yeah, hard to say. But Daniel says we've got a real we've got a real corker in the hopper. So I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna say this is this is the end for now to the powerhouse segment. If you have sent in a powerhouse and we have not played it on the air, what we're gonna do is we're gonna tack them on to the end of the episode so everyone can enjoy all of the hard work that our amazing fans have put in to these wonderful and confusing songs. So yeah, Daniel, let's hear the uh let's hear the the final powerhouse song.
I like the production values here. It's got a stop quality to it. Long time back, the second city opened up a branch in Toronto. The CBC gave them a TV show. Canadian content, a gook of how Canadian broadcasts work as opposed to those in the US. The Canadian show was three minutes longer. Canadian content, the CBC itself has a mandate of half of its programs or more. Must come from the nation of Canada. Canadian content, the CBC, a strict Moranis. If those three minutes could appeal to a Canadian specific audience, <laughs> Canadian content. So he and Dave Thomas came up with a pair of schmoes from rural Ontario, trying to scam themselves some free beer. Bob and McKenzie, it's Canadian content. Canadian content. I think this guy might have read like an entire book about SCTV to write this song. Yeah, yeah. there's probably an oral history out there that uh, maybe we haven't read, and this guy's just condensing it into one song. There's got to be an actual book about this. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Is yes. it possible that was Paul Schaefer? <laughs> That'd be great if Paul Schaefer <laughs> listened to the show. Jeez, we should have him on. This wigged me out a little bit because I'm currently listening to the audiobook of Bob Odenkirk's memoir, oh. which is which is full a wonderful book. First person of his generation of alt comedians to write a memoir that I know of. And so he's writing all about SNL and, you know, uh, Uncabaret and Janine Garofalo and stuff like that sort of comedy nerdery and loving SCTV. And I'm like, do I need to write a song of about what I just read about the creation of of the <laughs> Ben Stiller show? <laughs> like, yeah, I think you're going to. Is this my fate to do this as well? You know what they say, you know, they say that the Velvet Underground is the band that launched a thousand bands. Mm -hmm. uh, they also say that about Naomi Odenkirk's book, Mr. Show, right. What Happened? That's a great it's book. the book yeah. that launched a thousand bands. Yeah. Andy Dick, he showed a lot of promise. That's my... <laughs> he seems troubled. He's certainly done bad things. Yeah. This book, by the way, Odenkirk's book is full of like, this guy was the funniest guy I had ever met. But I already saw signs of things. But even at the time, uh, oh boy. The Jay Johnston story. I would say there's, yeah, probably some people in the Mr. Show, a few different people in the Mr. Show orbit you could you could write that about. Oh, and some that the public doesn't even know about yet. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. This oh, guy's shit. a fucking disaster. The ex oh, yeah, the expose. Drag him. This guy just forced his way into a home in Altadena. <laughs> yeah, a pineapple under the sea. He forced his way in. <laughs> Look, can I bring it back to the Hayden Christensen house really quickly? Yes, Thank I insist you. that you do. Okay, because I was looking at this page while we were talking. I just had it open for a long time. You guys have the page, right? Yes, yeah, it's a great page. There's something revolting in one of these photos. Okay. And it's not eating off of a surface that you're also playing ping pong on. This is what I'm talking about. Thank you. This is what I'm talking about. There's a table that looks like a dining room table, and next to it they have ping pong paddles hung up and a net in the middle of the table. And I'm like, this is you're gonna you're trying to tell me that this is a hybrid dinner table and ping pong table? Revolting. Yeah, no, I mean I think science has told us that there's nothing dirtier than a ping pong ball. Yeah. I mean, all these things do is go up your ass. And you're gonna <laughs> eat on the same surface where ping pong balls are bouncing around, spreading their fecal matter. And look, I know this is staging. I know the realtor put this there, right? But 
this idea is so incomprehensible that anybody would do this. If I walked into a house and I could afford it and I loved everything about the house and I saw it staged this way, I'd be like, I'm not buying this fucking house because the idea that they would think that I do this means there's something else wrong in this place. I have to ask you this. Yeah. There are three distinctive elements in this entire house. Number one, the hot tub is rolling coal. Number two, the dining room table is a ping pong table. Number three, despite the fact that the entire house is a sort of vague, you know, mountain cabin modernism, Mm -hmm. there is also a Star Wars AT-AT in it. Is it possible? Hear me out here. Where's this AT? I guess I'm not, maybe not seeing this AT-AT, Jesse. I'm not seeing it It's in the office. Look at the picture of the office and tell me that there's not... Yeah, there's an AT-AT right there, and then so, there's okay, a sign so hold on. next to that that says, open, selling wood, $2. Was this stage specifically for Hayden Christensen? Like, he's doing a tour, and they're like, we got to put an at-at in there to appeal to Hayden. <laughs> and a ping-pong thing, because that guy loves ping-pong, and then they were like, this hot tub doesn't roll coal, and you know that Hayden loves to roll coal. I'm sure people would correct me but i don't think there's any any at-ats in the prequels so they got it fucking wrong what no, they need they, is some gungan catapults in there to attract people from the prequels the at-ats are what inspired hayden christensen to get involved in the prequels so initially they kept asking him over and over and over you're the only guy that can do this and he was like i don't know i'm just not into it and then he saw that they had spaceships that were like tall dogs mm-hmm. walking around and he said well if they can make spaceships out of tall dogs then i'm in i'll pod race until the sun comes out as the famous <laughs> expression <laughs> goes i cannot wait for the disney plus series about the guy who made the atat oh my gosh is it wouldn't it be uh what's his name isn't he dead it's gotta be what uh, probably Nosferatu. probably right who's who uh, died this year I bet he designed oh, it. Oh, I guess I was what I was joking about about how there's kind of a prequel series about every character, but I didn't know the actual guy who designed it. I that's what I was going. He might not have designed it. He designed like almost everything. Jesse, would you please explain my jokes to Adam? <laughs> <laughs> well, when he said the guy who died, I said Nosferatu, so that's all I had to bring to the table. <laughs> I don't even know if he's dead. I have a horrible uh, habit as a comedian of responding to jokes by correcting them. And I apologize for that. <laughs> and that's on me. To be fair, correcting things has been very kind to your career. It's been pretty good. But it's not. Let's, uh, Jesse, can we be honest? Yeah. I'm not an A-lister. We know this. Okay. Something's been holding me back. I didn't say you were an a You're not Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I do okay. I make a living, right? And that's all I've ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted as a kid. And you know what? Now here I am as an adult. It's not enough. I want right. to be at the top. You also want to try anal. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I've heard I've heard from the folks down at the credit union that you're sending some pretty fat envelopes. <laughs> yeah. I've heard about these fucking fat envelopes. These Conover envelopes are thick. <laughs> Dummy thick, they say. Stupid fucking thick. <laughs> These things are like a fucking LL Cool J rope chain. That's how fucking thick they are. Fucking thick. So fucking thick. Hey, thank you to all our listeners for writing such beautiful powerhouse songs. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for all of the unused songs. 
and yeah. enjoy. If you, for some reason, want to hear more of these, well, God bless you. <laughs> Here you At go. At the end of this, we'll let you. Otherwise, uh, there's a reason that your car stereo, telephone, or MP3 player has a skip forward button. <laughs> you can skip straight to Factually with Adam Conover. You oh. won't have to listen to the songs. Now that's a plug. I know. And, you know, on my show, Factually, we never do Powerhouse. We never ask people to do remixes of a Powerhouse. We do ask people to do clever remixes of the theme to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is <laughs> a different song. Of course, <laughs> we have people do lyrics <laughs> about the famous Canadian show, Kenny versus Spenny. Right. <laughs> totally different. It's a totally so, yeah. different totally bit. Totally different. Totally different bit. Totally yeah. different bit. I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody to send in their own version of That's All, folks. That's about the littlest hobo, <laughs> the wandering dog program from Canada. It's about a cute dog that wanders around, sort of like Kung Fu, but with a little scruffy dog. Okay, we're going to, okay, let's see. Let's all Google the scruffy dog. Come back, wrap it up with Conover. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. Jay Keith, do you know what I love more than the trivia, comedy, and celebrity guests on our podcast, Go Fact Yourself? No, what, Helen? Sharing all of those things with an actual audience. Yes, well, lucky for you, Go Fact Yourself is back to being a live audience show. Woohoo! Yeah, we've got a free recording coming up on January 15th in Los Angeles and February 11th in Pasadena. And if you can't make it there, all of our recordings will still be available as a podcast. Twice a month, every month on MaximumFun.org. Yeah, no excuses. So if you're not listening, you can go fact yourself. Hey there, it's Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. We host Tiny Victories, the 15-minute podcast that's about the little things. Getting into the tiny victory frame of mind is about recognizing minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. Isn't it a wonderful day when the first password you try actually works? When it's freezing cold outside and toasty as all get out in my shower, my tiny victory is that I turn off the water and get on with my day. We can't change this big dumb world, but we can celebrate the tiny wins. So join us on Maximum Fun or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get tiny! It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Adam Conover, ghost of Tinseltown. Spooking everybody out over there. Ooh. Ooin and booin down there at the Grauman's Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Just hanging out at Musso and Frank's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Spooking all those. 90-year-old bartenders. This guy, <laughs> they say that when you eat a barbecue chicken pizza at Spago, you can hear the rattling of the chains. Right, yes. Clang, clang. That's the sound of the chains. <laughs> clang, clang, clang went the chains around yeah. ghost, as the famous musical goes. Beautiful. Adam, you've yes. got a podcast. It's called Factually. We're listening, we're laughing, but we're also learning. I'm talking about your show, not this show. You do have some really, really great experts on. We Can do. You talk about a couple of the fucking cool yes. 
brain bombs you've got on this show? My God, we just had uh, so so re- in recent weeks we had a wonderful woman named Jesse. I bet you'd love this one. We had a woman named Susan Rogers, who's a, a neuroscientist who studies how music works in the brain. She was also a record producer and sound engineer for Prince. This woman both worked, oh, cool. she, she engineered Prince's greatest albums and then went on to study how music works in the brain. She get, It was a beautiful conversation about what music means to us personally and to our species, and it was so very cool. That was amazing. Just talked to a dude named Joseph Osmondson, who's a virologist, and talked about you know how the the history of the virus interacts with queer history and stuff like that it was very cool. We have some of the biggest nonfiction authors around. We've had Yuval Noah Harari on. We had Susan Orlean on a while ago. I know you've had Susan Orlean on this very show. Love her. Incredible. I've had Elizabeth Colbert. Just it's a murderer's row on of facts and information and laughter. Every week on Factually, we're starting to do YouTube episodes now that we post on uh, YouTube. Having a great time. So please come and hang out. You'll learn and you'll laugh. And I'll ask all the questions that you only wish you were smart enough to ask, but it's me asking them. And that's why they pay me the uh, 40% of the ad sales revenue that we get. Adam, we should, we should explain here that YouTube is sort of like a, sort of like a second tier break.com. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You can go there and you can see, you know, they have like some content, a little bit less than Mm -hmm. break.com. Did you know that E-Bombs World was originally O-Bombs World? <laughs> it was all worth it for that. You call him O-Bomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to call him Barry Attack. Yeah, O-Bomb. <laughs> anyway. Well, Adam, it's been a joy to have you. It's always nice to see you. Dude loves nut shots. <laughs> Obama loves nut shots. It's always nice to see you, friend. Oh, Thank you, you for joining us on the program. Adam Conover's smash hit podcast is called Factually. You should also watch The G Word on Netflix, which is delightful and informative it's about government and why it matters and how it works and is a a very thoughtful treatment of something that rarely gets a thoughtful treatment it's either invisible in our lives or reviled for its symbolism rather than celebrated as a group of human beings who are trying to help their fellow human beings and who represent us and are paid by us so it's a, great, it's a great show, very funny, very fascinating, and it's got a lot of great abattoir content. <laughs> it's one of the best of the abattoir shows. Thank you so much, Jesse. And yes, we do have some really great abattoir scenes. Yeah. Our producer on Jordan, Jesse Go is Daniel Zafrin, producer emeritus Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We salute them and thank them. You can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com, on Twitter at Jordan Jesse Go, uh, at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne. We're on Instagram at Jordan David Morris and put dot this dot on and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. I think that's all the things we need to say about this program. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Everyone watch SCTV. Everyone watch SCTV. Everyone watch SCTV. You don't have any excuse. 
and Google that shit, and then you can watch it. Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Wartukesay, Yahoser, Count Floyd, creepy and scary. Joe Flaherty was him. Every Father's Day and Christmas, I find myself feeling remiss that I don't have any male kids. I gotta get a son. Football, karate, and Cub Scouts, I see them and I feel left out. Prompts me to my unfatherly shout, I gotta get a son. Pacing round my home, praying for Y chromosomes. A grown man with comic book toys, but they don't bring me any joy, for I can't share them with a small boy until I get a son. Walton Goggins has a vodka. Walton Goggins has a vodka. Walton Goggins has a vodka. SCTV. Hey, it is Dan from Richmond, Virginia, with uh, yet another powerhouse song, if you're still taking those. Ahem. Rick Moranis is funny. He's so good at everything. But he has one fatal flaw, and he don't have a vodka. Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll start over. Sorry. Rick Moranis is funny. He's so good at everything. But he has one fatal flaw. He don't have a vodka. Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara, John Candy, and Dave Thomas, Robin Duke, and Eugene Levy. None of them have vodkas. There's just one second city, Alum, who's Canadian, with the vodka, that's Dan Aykroyd, Crystal Skull Vodka, just like Walton Goggins. All right, hopefully you can edit that first part out. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Love you. Dave Thomas from SCTV is the best Dave Thomas ever. All other Dave Thomases eat shit. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis love donuts and maple syrup. Their Frosties were ice-cold Molson's. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Dave Thomas finger banged me in a phone booth on the streets of Toronto. John Candy watched and Flaherty jerked it. Then we went to Sizzles for a baked potato. Bedford looks best on Andrea Martin, better than on the leopards themselves. Martin Short's talent exceeds his dick size. Catch Levy's working for the kid, fuck the pie. Catherine O'Hara! Wait, why are you calling the cops? I'm sorry, I'll order something, I swear. Can I get a Baconator combo, please? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.